comedian and writer Jess Karamjeet is hoping her love of the TV soap Neighbours will be the Trojan horse for her new show, Redundant, as part of Pride. Jess is queer, South Asian and British and was diagnosed with a hidden disability, something she decided to come out with and has be- and has started building into her comedy. She's also the founder of PAXA, the Pan-Asian Comedy School Aotearoa, and Jess, Jess joins me in the studio now. Kia ora, thank you for joining us. You've got a comedy show with music called Redundant as part of Pride. Yeah. I I suppose you could say two things spurred this show on, and that's my take on it, which Mm -hmm. is your love for the TV show Neighbours. Uh-huh. Um, I have to confess I was more of a home and away gal. We can't uh, be friends. We, we just <laughs> this, will be enemies now. <laughs> this interview is over. And, um, and your dad's passing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are both two parts of the show that I feel are really integral um, and, and have inspired me to put on this hour. Redundant is an autobiographical comedy show and I play songs and I do stand-up and it's about how I ended up in this part of the world and that I had big plans and big dreams and ambitions uh, around becoming a screenwriter. And uh, spoiler alert, very early on, I will tell you that I, I got that dream and I ended up working as a writer on the soap opera Neighbours. But the show is called Redundant for a reason. <laughs> yeah, the show is just a lighthearted uh, take, as you said, with songs on the fact that we we should aspire to to reach goals that are really out there um but what happens next what happens once the credits run what happens once um you kind of get that dream and again spoiler but your visa expires so uh, your colleague says shawl and street is really great why don't you work for them um <laughs> so yeah that's how i found myself living here uh, five years ago uh, hopefully it's a way to bring people into the space who are queer or intersectional or have big dreams and they're just not sure where to start and uh, I'm hoping that people will come along and feel inspired by that. You started doing comedy in 2020 when mm-hmm. you after you moved to New Zealand mm-hmm. and then you went back to the UK for a while and you were quite worried about whether you know what you'd learned here and I suppose yeah. what you had learned would translate. Yeah, so of course. were there many differences? You know, did you notice? Um, no, I was really pleased to say that I was funny in England and Scotland. <laughs> I can tick those countries off the list now, along with Australia. Uh, I Yeah, I did start my comedy style here, and I've been very influenced by Kiwi uh, comedy styles and, you know, our comedy greats. But um, my first really big wow, I'm inspired moment was Rose Matavea's Horn Dog. So that was the 2018 Melbourne Comedy Fest. And she just blew me away because she was so rose. She was awkward and funny and relatable. And she just wasn't the veneer of, of the male comedian that, that we'd been so exposed to. So yeah, that was a really big push for me. Uh, and then over in the UK... Um, yeah, I just jumped on a bunch of lineups at Edinburgh Fringe and did did some gigs when I was home visiting family. Um, I've been back a few times, you mentioned, but um, it's only ever been for sort of six to eight week periods. Mm. And I really do consider here, Tamaki especially, to be home. Mm. Um, yeah. You were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. 
which is a hidden disability. Yeah. It's chronic pain, muscle stiffness and tightness. Yeah. So how are you managing that on a practical level with your comedy career? Because, you know, it's often late night sets yeah, and, and yeah. being in sort of large lofty venues, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then also you've been building that into your content and writing. So can you sort of tell me about those? Yeah, things? of course. So I I didn't talk about it for a good couple of years uh, when I was starting out in comedy. And I found that the more I tried to keep it a secret, that I was having things like chronic pain or uh, unrestful sleep, for example. Um, it was really impacting my ability to be out super late, like you mentioned. Um, and I had a moment where I sort of, came out uh, with that disability and uh, pretty unanimously the support has been really great. Um, I've had a couple of icky experiences, but on the whole, bookers and producers will think about those needs. And so I might go earlier on a lineup or I might um, have, for example, the Comedy Fest last year programmed me into an earlier spot because they knew that the big adrenaline spike of a show until 11pm or whatever then has an effect on my health into the next few days. Um, so yeah, it's just navigating that by being really open and honest and that I I struggle less with it now because of those uh, methods and, and practical steps that I can take. Yeah. And, and what feedback did you get um, when you did start coming out with it and, and talking about it in your shows? Yeah. You know, did you have comedians come up to you to talk about it or, or audience um, members? I mean, uh, to, I mentioned this a little bit in my show, but I had a bunch of surgeries that had quite tricky uh, recovery periods, <laughs> quite embarrassing recovery periods. So I think a lot of the comedians were just glad to understand why I disappeared so often or... Um, yeah, I went to the toilet a ridiculous amount of time during an hour show. So silly things like that. Um, I also found that the more open and honest I was about talking about these uh, bizarre, silly things that happened, the more audience members would feel comfortable to say, hey, that happened to me too, or I'm having that surgery on Monday. You know, I had um, a, a woman in Christchurch come up to me after one of my gigs and say, yeah, tomorrow I'm going under the knife for that exact same thing and I'm so embarrassed and I feel so, you know, unsure about it. But your songs and your comedy have really put me at ease, so thank you. And moments like that just obviously make it completely worthwhile, yeah. Was it quite a difficult decision to build it into your content? Um, yeah, it's, it's, well, my so my dad passed in 2020, again, which I, um, I've shaped a lot of my comedy and material around uh, but he played guitar and I was a jazz singer uh, in a previous life so coincidentally on uh, Father's Day 2021 I ended up buying a guitar my first ever electric acoustic and I self-taught myself and just started writing songs and so that was the move into yeah the first one I wrote was about him and then the second was about my hidden disabilities and all the bizarre things that happen around that. So um, it, once I started, it felt completely freeing and like the truth of me was able to be free. Yeah, it felt great. You also founded PAXA, which is the Pan-Asian Comedy School Aotearoa. What made you decide to start that? 
yeah, I I uh, was pushed into it actually because Foundation North, who are a, a, a body that give out grants, they had something called the Asian Artists Fund. And I thought this would be a really good project because uh, there just aren't that many South or East Asian comedians in, in New Zealand. There, You put us in a room, there's 20 of us max. Uh, and people like James Roque have abandoned us for, for nicer shores, <laughs> apparently. So I wanted that school to be a place where predominantly women could come together and could comfortably together and in a safe space learn the art of stand-up comedy. Uh, so I used to be a teacher. I, I did a master's in screenwriting and, and comedy. And so just sort of like uniting those art forms and guiding people through it. So getting them comfortable on a stage in front of a microphone or with content that might be a little more risky in in a predominantly Pakka audience. Were you worried that it would be too niche? N- no, not at all. Uh, I I realised that within the creative communities, there are so many talented people, whether they're, I mean, this last cohort, I had a videographer and someone who did audio descriptions and uh, and I can't pronounce it, but an op- ophthalmologist. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. You know, people yeah. who had really varied careers, but the basis of what they did was to do with people or creativity or writing or story. And just mixing all that together and and finding a way that to convince them that they were talented. And that's what happened. Um, and, yeah, the more I put out call-outs for people to be interested, the more that interest grows. And you had your first cohort uh, from yeah. last October to December, and that was six participants. Yeah, yeah. And what was the feedback from that? Uh, the participant feedback was really overwhelmingly uh, positive and uh, a most of them are most of them are continuing with comedy and then the audience feedback was just really lovely we had a, a graduation show of about 80 people friends and family and the community and it just proved that you can have people on a lineup who you might think are similar but actually all of their perspectives their comedic styles their expression is really nuanced and that felt really great to, to prove that point that we can have more people within, within the comedy industry. So what are you teaching in the, in the school? So we look at things like uh, sentence structure, comedic timing. Uh, we look at other comedians that we might want to aspire to be more like and analyse how they succeed. And the fundamentals of performance, so things like microphone technique or uh, just how to reassure an audience. Comedy, I think people hate it when I say this, but I think comedy is, is intrinsically about a power relationship. And uh, you've just got to show that you are, you're in control. You're not afraid of the audience. Hmm. Because if the audience feel you're afraid of them, then they're going to tune out or they're not going to believe you as much and, and so on and so forth. So just building them up and, and helping them to feel confident. Mm. That was Jess Karanjeet, comedian and writer. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And we'll put all the details for your Pride show, for ticket details, and also uh, expressions of interest for the next cohort of PAXA at uh, the Comedy School. We'll have all those details there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much.